It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. He's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be. Fucking do what you want to do. So I do what I want to do. Bet you did it to floss. Bitch, I did what I wanted. Bet you did it and lost. Bitch, I did it and won it. Shit, I'm never coming back. Listen, I just want to rap. Gee, I told you all of that. On about a dozen tracks. I don't give a fuck. I just, I just, I just want to rap. Spitting fire on this track. Like a fucking thundercat. Plus, this mic is bleeding. Roll ho. This shit is a no no. Rolling in that low low. Plus, I'm from that ball. Tomorrow, need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo. Ready for the woe, and we so so silly with the flow. Somebody call a bobo. Heard the lanes, and I swear they so so. Too much love for the fame, just to go broke. You said that I had the rap game and the show card. No, I think I got the whole world in a rope. Don't gotta think a damn dog, you crazy. Is he the next Jay Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know. Maybe. Welcome back to the Insane Check Podcast. Your host, Chris, here. And <clears throat> as promised, two Insane Checks in a row, two weekends in a row. I told you guys we were gonna try to make sure we do. And I'm saying you check every week, um, every weekend uh, in August since I, I kind of missed out in July. Uh, so we're back here. Uh, going to talk about some of the crazy stuff that's happening in the world and hopefully some non-crazy stuff because um, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of stuff and I'm going to need that, that, uh, need that balance right there. Uh, joining me today is my boy from all the way on the West Coast. I got my boy Tim, People's Critic. What's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. Chilling. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. It's just, oof, boy, man. I'm. I finally got back in the well, so here's the thing. I finally got back in the gym this week and my body is sore. I, I can't walk. I did leg day on Wednesday wow. and that's just not like the first leg day after like a few like a month of not working out is always the worst leg day. Because I didn't even do a lot. I just like I did like four exercises. I did some squats, I did some lunges, and as a matter of fact, then I did like one I think maybe maybe I only did I only done three exercises, some squats. Some lunges, and then I think I did some um, some back exercises. That was it. Was fine on Thursday, sort of okay on Friday. Woke up today, was like I can't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait till, wait you hit forty. It's even worse. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's even That's- worse. I did the stair climber for an hour. It's something I've done for the last ten years. And randomly one day, my knee hurt for three days afterwards. Mm. Don't know why. Just hurt. Mm. Could barely move around, then it stopped hurting. Mm. I was like, ah, well, well, here I guess I'm. I've, I've sort of transitioned into that phase of my life now, yeah. where I just have random aches and pains. Yeah, you're old. 
Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, that's why I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get it out now. I'm trying to like let me let me get this. Let me. I gotta I gotta I gotta lose these these ten fifteen pounds now. Because once I hit forty, man, it's gonna be even harder than it is right now. So let me go ahead and let me just go ahead and do what I gotta do and start eating right and, and try to get my shit together. So man, it's been hard also just because I'm I'm still waiting on the to to, to 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 get this house done. So I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. man, there might be pushing into January now. And I'm like, yo, I need my own space so I can get back to my regular. You know, when you're when you're when you're we're in this flux area, you just can't get in the routine, and that's my problem right now. It's like right. I'm not in the routine I need to be in. So yeah, it's it's driving me crazy, but um, yeah. I mean, other than that, man, other than the world just being completely terrible, which we'll get into in a, in a bit. Uh, overall, I'm pretty good. You know, um, I'm finally fully recovered from San Diego, uh, and I feel like now that I fully recovered from San Diego, I'm like three weeks out from from fucking TIFF, and so yeah, it's just and that's my first time going there. So now I got to start really paying. It's like when New York and San Diego's gotten to the point where it's like a week out, I'm still like, yeah, I'm fine. Right. I know the I know the routine. I I know what I'm doing. I can get that stuff together. But for um uh uh for Tiff, I'm like this is my first time. So I was like, now I gotta I gotta do some research. And it, it's actually my first it's my first time going to Canada. And first time. Oh, you've never Toronto. been to Canada? No. So I've never been to Toronto. So it's like uh. yeah. So now I gotta I gotta make sure I'm you know what I'm doing. Find out I got you know. So it's it's like. It's actually work now. It's like I could do, I actually get I haven't done a prep for a, for a actual prep work to go for for something in a while. Uh now I got to do actual prep work. So it's like ah, finish one trip get into another one. So yeah. Um yeah, Canada's that, fun, man. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I've been reading a lot about uh going to TIFF and what we can do and stuff like that. So I'm trying to make sure it's not going to be all just movies all the time, you know, and that I do get some time mm-hmm. to actually you know, enjoy, uh, enjoy and have a little bit of a break, you know? So I'm going to try to right. do that. You, and you got to do that. I think that's the biggest thing. We were, I mean, we talked for like 20 minutes before we even got, we got started here. And I think one of the biggest things that it, it, it comes down to, man, you got to make sure you give yourself breaks. Yeah. You, you got to, man. you got to take time. You got to, you got to rest and take your breaks. It's just not worth it. Cause if you don't, man, you're going to burn yourself out. And yeah, I feel like a lot of people when, when you see the stress, I know I, I get this way. You get irritable. You start having conversations. You're less, you're quicker on the, you're, you're quicker on the say something you may not mean. It's just like, I think a lot of people these days are so stressed. And so, um, and, and that's, what's causing a lot of this stuff. I mean, outside of the white supremacy and the racism, um, I'm not talking about them motherfuckers, but I'm just talking about in general, like seeing people, like how they interact with people. We're just like, you need a, you need a vacation. When's the last time you had a vacation? Yeah. You know, yeah, for real. I was just—I was just telling somebody that my my friend and his wife were talking. We had at another friend's birthday party last night, and she was like, "Look, man, I just want to go to Italy and just not do nothing, no kid." You because know, they go to the Philippines to visit her family a lot, and she was like, "I don't want to do that. Like, I want to go to Italy and just travel the country and do nothing." And I was like, "Yeah, you should." They both work hard and stuff, and you, I said, "Man, just do it." Don't be, you know, because I usually go in places where you're active, you're in your, like, you're, she said, I'm tired of doing stuff in city, because mm-hmm. it, it, it makes you be active to get out and you see museums and stuff. She's like, no, I want to be on the countryside somewhere, or on a beach somewhere, and not have to worry about anything. Yeah, no, it's, it's this, it's this thing where, one, just work in general, right? We've seen enough of those stories about how some jobs don't even allow people to have PTO and vacation time, or 
make you feel guilty for taking that. And I, I, I'm so grateful that I have a job that's complete opposite of that. They're always like, oh, no, no, take your time. Take your vacation. Like, work will be here when you get back, but take that vacation. Go do what you got to do. Um, so we have that, but even when people do get their vacation, you got to think about it, man. Like, you need, you, you need a vacation like that. You need a vacation where you don't go and do anything. Because even when you go on a vacation and you're going – so you're going like you're going to Italy and then you're planning all this trip. Okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And we're going to do this and we're going to do this. By the time you get done with your vacation, you need another vacation from the vacation. Because you've done right. so much and you've been on the road so much. Like, you need that. It's like when I go to San Diego, people are like, oh, man, you got a vacation. I'm like, no, not a vacation. Carrying around a 50-pound pack with, you know, with camera equipment and jumping between rooms and having to come back later on and then edit stuff and do this and do that. And I'm like, it's not a vacation at all. It's work. And so you need an right. actual vacation where you go and you have a time when you're just like, like when, um, <clears throat> when we went to Iceland, I think outside of planning the trip to the Blue Lagoon, which is kind of relaxing itself, outside of that, the rest of it was like, nah, we'll figure it out when we're there. You can buy mm-hmm. those packages when you're there. Oh, okay, we're going to go do this. We'll do that tomorrow. Like it's, and it allowed you to kind of relax. Because sometimes you might be like, I want to sleep until noon and then, I don't know, then we'll walk around the city and figure what we're going to do. You know, you need some time like that. Or we're going to be in the country, so guess what? There's nothing to do but sit around and relax. So I think more and more people need to kind of force themselves to, to relax. Yeah, it's, it's force yourself to relax. When I, uh, I've had to, I sort of started implementing like just rest into my weekly schedule. Hmm. Well, I don't do anything. If it's two hours, if it's an hour, some days I might get eight hours of just nothing on a weekend. But I try to throughout the week just, you know, maybe I don't have a screening that night. I can, I'll can just come home and just watch something brainless on television and just not move, eat, and chill. And it's been, it's been the best decision I've made is putting these rest moments in my week. I still get a lot done. I'm still super busy, but I've taken time to just not, not always be in motion. And Yo, it's helped. It's helped a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've, I've started doing that myself, too, where it's like, maybe I don't go to that screener. Maybe I don't um, rush to get this podcast out, you know? Like, the whole idea of mm-hmm. me moving to doing the insane check every other weekend was because I'm like, yo, I was getting to a point where I was doing so many podcasts on the weekend, my weekend would come and I would have no time for myself. Like, nah, I, I need to stop doing that. I need to be able to, you know, do maybe do a show here, do a show there, but even ha- sometimes have a show, or have a weekend where I'm like, I got no shows. I can do whatever I want. I can sleep in. Yeah. I don't have to worry about. Because even when, like doing, doing this, right, you still got to prep. You still got to find some news story to talk mm-hmm. about. Then when that show is done, I got to edit it, you know, and do all this other. I got to go and find the guest who's going to be on. Like, it's always mm-hmm. something. And I think, I, it's, you know, it's this weird thing that because of the Internet and because we always, like, we're always connected and people always talk about that. That's why some people didn't want to have. Remember this thing where people didn't want to check their email, their work email at home? Do you want to be mm-hmm. always connected? Well, now, outside of, even outside of work, we're all that way. We're connected 24-7. And so 24-7. Always, so even when you're not doing, like, there's times when, even when I'm not, quote-unquote, doing anything, I'm still checking news stories for articles. I'm, you know, editing some videos. I'm editing some photos. I'm putting this stuff down. So sometimes <laughs> I've had to get to my point where I'm just like, no, you know what I'm gonna do? Like, I, and I did that for the pull list, which is gonna be coming out soon. Deep on when I record a pull list um, episode, and I'm like, so for that week, like, I think last weekend, I just after I recorded some stuff, I was like, I just didn't do anything else. I was like, yeah, I just I'm just gonna read. 
Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read yeah. some comics and catch up and not feel pressure to do anything. And it's not even like I was gonna read things specifically that I need to do for like a character corner. It was like, no, mm-hmm. you know, there's comics I bought just for myself, and I was like, I'm like months behind on them. Let me just catch up on these and sit around and read these and and enjoy them. Not even take notes on them. Just just read to enjoy. And sometimes you need that. You need that. You need that break inside. Um, I love the fact that I, my motorcycle, like after we're done recording this, I'm literally going to hop on it and go riding for a little bit just because it's a nice day out. And you know what? I want the, I want the break. You know, it's like, yeah. I started trying to give myself more of those moments to do that because, you know, you really do need them. And if you don't get them, not just burned out, but you just won't be happy. Yeah. And you're not, you're, you're not going to be any good to anybody else. Nope. Especially yourself. So. Yeah, especially yourself. Especially yourself. Especially I mean, yourself. I'm glad you're doing that, man. That's good. I'm glad it's 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 as we'll get to, I'm sure later, the world feels like it's falling apart, like a nature valley bar. Mm-hmm. And so you need to probably figure out moments of happiness and sort of, you know, make sure you're intentional about seeking them out. Well, that's another thing too. So I've stopped doing that. I've stopped also it's like there, you also have to realize when there's certain things you used to do you can't do anymore. Um for your mental health. Like I remember when I used to, you know, when I didn't have a long commute and my commute was fine and I, or I would sit around and I work from home all day, me watching Morning Joe and watching the news all the time was fine. I could sit there and rant about the news. It was okay. People were like, I don't understand how you can do that. I was like, because I literally don't do anything else for the rest of the day. I, I, I work from home or, you know, I have a 15-minute drive to work. Now that I have a longer day, a longer commute to work, like, I don't watch, no. I'm watch, if I'm watching anything on TV while I get ready, it's like, you know, early morning episodes of Teen Titans Go or something. I'm not, or or, or, <laughs> yeah. or they're made world the gumball. I'm not watching the news before I go to work and then the sit in traffic for an hour and then do all, no hell no. And I I had to make that adjustment because and it was a it was an easy adjustment. It was like oh no no if I don't do this I'm gonna be angry all day and I have yep. I don't have time for that and I can't do that so I'm gonna drop that I'm gonna do something else and so I think you also have to. As people, we have to realize when we need to, um, um, we need we need to go uh, do something else and 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 change up your routine uh, for your mm-hmm. own mental health. So yeah, 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 so, good. Been good. All right, let's get into some um, some some. Let's talk about some movie and TV stuff first, and then we'll get into more horrible stuff here. I didn't want to talk about <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, you just got to do this. Um, so um, Disney. <coughs> the the first thing we're gonna be talking about is Disney coming for our pockets. First, there's a uh, yeah. Disney announcing the twelve ninety nine bundle for Disney Plus, Hulu, and, and ESPN Plus. Um, so basically, so they already announced. I believe it's um, six ninety nine a month just for uh, Disney Plus. If you just want that, because okay. apparently I got to explain this because some people don't understand a bundle means you don't have to buy the bundle if you don't want the other services. Mm-hmm. You can just buy the one service you want. Um, so, but what they'll offer is a bundle, so you get all three services: D- Disney Plus, Hulu. Hulu Plus for twelve ninety nine starting November twelfth, um, mm-hmm. and um, that's a great deal. Yeah, for ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a great deal. Now, now, granted, it's Hulu with ads. Now, apparently, that's yeah. a big taboo for some people. It's like, oh, I know I'm paying eleven ninety nine for Hulu. First of all, I'm not paying eleven ninety nine for Hulu with no ads. I, I'll take the ads. No. Like the, yeah, the give, Hulu, give the, ads. The, the Hulu without the ads is five ninety nine. I'm not. Wow. I'm not paying six six more dollars for now. For for like, you're paying six more dollars for uh, a month for no ads. I would actually say you're probably overpaying. 
but that's just me. Yeah. But if you want no ads, yeah, do you right? So I'm like, you're getting all that stuff for free. You're you're getting you're like, if if you're paying for uh, uh again, ESPN Plus itself costs four ninety nine a month. Um, uh, Disney Plus is is seven ninety nine a month. So you're basically getting Hulu for like a dollar, or you can switch that around. Yep. And you're getting ESPN Plus for free. Either way, I'm like, that's a pretty good deal. Like, they they have um. And some people were like, oh, well, it doesn't carry some of the live stuff. For I'm like, yeah, sure. But, like, it has UFC fights. It has um, some boxing stuff, some other stuff that you might not normally watch on TV. But you got some sports stuff there. You got Hulu. And then all the stuff's coming in Disney+. Plus. I'm like, that's not bad. Especially considering it, I think it's still cheaper than the price raise on Netflix, right? Yeah. I think it is. I think Netflix's price raise yeah. is about thirteen ninety nine. Um, yeah, it's supposed to go up to fifteen ninety nine or something, right? And then who? And then HBO Max is supposed to be uh, sixteen to seventeen dollars a month. Which I'm sorry, now the, no. What are they offering for HBO Max to be at that price point? So, I like, be- what do you give me for that? So I believe it's it's HBO Cinemax. You know, you get all the Warner Brothers movies and TV stuff in mm-hmm. that. Now I've also heard uh, what was it else that it might be? Yeah, so I think that's it. So you get HBO Cinemax um, and the library of Warner Brothers movies and TV, TV show, which sixteen seven thousand a month seems like a lot. That's a lot. And also, I think it, and it's even, not- even if the content is worth that, the price point is what people see. And I think when you're, when you're at a price point, like, like the Disney Plus price point is just enough for people to feel like, uh, I can pay that. But that, when you start talking about seventeen, people are like, uh, that it's it sounds like a lot for content you're paying for, so people will automatically be turned off by it. Well, not only that, but I I'm not sure because I, I haven't been I, I don't remember how much it is. I can't remember how much it was when to get the add on, but isn't the add on for HBO about that much onto your cable package anyway? Yeah, depending on the cable package, yeah, it's about that much. Yeah, so to me that is. That scene, and again, this is not the official thing, but this is what the idea is. And I'm like, with everybody else just barely over ten dollars, you going, you pushing the twenty dollar range seems right. bold. Like I don't see how, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that happening for me. Because the other thing too, yeah, is you can like, only charge that if you if you were giving legitimate live sports. Well, this is a legit live sports package. Well, that and the other thing that gets me about it is like I haven't, and maybe I just been missing it, but I haven't seen. It's not like Disney Plus, where Disney Plus has been. Disney has been preparing us for Disney Plus by telling us all this original content we're going to get for like over a year, which is which yeah, is over it, a year. It's it's one of the strategies that nobody else has seemed to pick up on that 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 is announcing. Um, Streaming services like they're coming out the gate with the stuff, and then you just had this uh, Marvel uh, uh, Marvel presentation at, at San Diego where they gave you the rough dates and times for when the their movies are their stuff is going to be hitting uh, their TV series are going to be hitting Disney Plus over the next three years. So you have you have a calendar right now of stuff that comes out. I believe the Mandalorian, the, the, the Star Trek show, I believe that's a launch title on 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 Disney Plus. So it's like. You have a you have a catalog of you're like, even if you were going to be like, I'll get it for a month and then I'll cancel. You're like, oh, but then that next month they have this. Oh, but then like two months later they're going to have this. So you're not going to cancel it for for HBO and and Center. I'm like, what do you have? Like, yeah, like Game of you, Thrones. Game, Game, of, Game of Thrones is gone, so people usually get that for Game of Thrones, and they usually 
again, that was only nine episodes, eight, nine episodes sometimes. So once it was over, people canceled. So what are you getting? Like, I know there, I mean, I'm not saying there's not like good things on there. I know Euphoria is on HBO and they, they have good stuff. But is it $17 a month worth? Of good yeah, stuff? Exactly. <laughs> on top of whatever I'm paying, probably Netflix and Hulu, right? right? So, right. The, you know, Cause, cause people aren't just buying that service. Exactly. So now you people are gonna now people are gonna have to look at what you're offering versus everything, and that's where the original content comes into, into play. So even Netflix is gonna find themselves. I think Netflix this is the first year. Netflix is all uh, like um, a uh, lost some subscribers. It's like yeah, because people are that now everybody has a streaming service, and at some point I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for some of these people to realize that it's better for them to 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 team up with somebody else versus try to run their own thing because again people are gonna realize you're nickel and diamond. It's funny because we were talking about uh, sort of the DC Universe app, and I was like, man, they should have really bundled it with something else or partnered with something else to get this thing off the ground. And so some, the, the rumor is possibly that it'll get bundled in with this as well. Um, mm. And it, which, like, yes, I can see that, but the, I think the problem with the, you know what the problem with the DC Universe app is? It doesn't know what it wants to be. And it's trying to be mm-hmm. too much. So they have, and, and they don't have enough original content. They're not putting enough original content out there to justify you really wanting to get it for that. Like, yeah, sure. If you're really into Titans, then fine. Fox Titan, right? You know, Swamp Thing's like <laughs> in the second season. Doom Patrol was apparently really good. And I do want to watch Doom Patrol and Young Justice, right? So if there's only, like, outside of that, what else do they have, though? And so, right. and so, and, and then, oh, well, you can watch, you know, their animated, sh- their animated movies and things like that. I'm like, yeah, but that one, they don't promote them that much. And, and that's probably like a smaller subset of people than people think. Um, mm-hmm. Where they could have been really good is, again, being a DC Unlimited app with comics. Allowing, and, then, and then using that to, be, mm. to branch people into your stuff. But, and so, and I know they added like a lot of comics to it. And I, I, read, I started reading um, Scott Sanders' Justice League, which is actually really, really good. There's only five issues on there. They're up to issue 22 right now. There's only five issues of that on the DC Universe app. And I don't know wow. what they're... Pr- like, you pretty much know what the schedule for Marvel releasing their things is. It's like, usually like six months. They're like six months behind. Mm-hmm. Six months. When the six months, like new issue will come in there. And they have a regularly steady schedule. They're constantly updating and adding this stuff in there. I don't know what the schedule is for DC Universe and if they're doing something like that. Also, the app isn't really set up to be a comic reader and really no it's not it's it's it, the app is you could tell the app was built for video content first reading comics second and that's where i go into it's like well what do you what do you want so i don't know what what is your purpose for this app what is your audience are you bringing in comic readers because if you're bringing in comic readers it's just shitty comic like i was reading i was um when you have a, if you read comics on a digital comics on a tablet they have that guided view where you can kind of tap and it kind of zooms in on the panels and it goes to the panels right. like closer. When you do that on DC Universe app, and this is on a, a, a newer comic, it was fuzzy. You can, couldn't see. It's like it, was, it wasn't clear. I'm like, oh, that looks terrible. So I had to go back to reading it full page style because doing the guided view sucked. And I could tell, and they made some changes to it, but I'm like, this is not made for reading comics. You clearly did it to something for, for, for you clearly did it for 
promoting your 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 video content, but I'm like, if I'm here for comics, it's like, <laughs> right? It's like the Fire Festival doing that concert that was meant to like promote this app, but right. they never really got the concert right. right, so the app never really took right. off. Right, and then and then and then so if you're making it a video content uh service, well then now you have to justify somebody paying six ninety nine or seven nine I think seven ninety nine a month just for you know a hand like literally a handful of DC original content and some animated movies like who's really going to pay for that you're not you're not unless the, outside of the hardcore people you're not going to get a new a, a new fan base off of that like there's not a lot of people that are going to sit there and go oh yeah swamp thing now i'm going to pay 7.99 to watch swamp thing or what they're going to do is they're going to wait until like, a couple seasons are, are out Get one of those free trials, watch it for a month, and then cancel. And then cancel, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that is right. You know, I guess they they really have to find an audience and figure out who they want to be and what they want to be if they're if they've they've built this platform for video content. And, and they're and they're not um, alone. They're not alone. Everybody like and and again, they can they can do it. They can. It's not saying it's not not possible because you know what, CBS All Access did it. CBS All Access figured out that their that their go to is Star Trek. That's what they figured yep. out. They were like, you know what. Like, I was very against that app. I was like, I didn't know what the purpose of the app sucked when it first launched. But they figured out that we need to be Star Trek all the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? You guys did such a, you're doing such a great job with Discovery. I'm not mad at that. You guys become the Star Trek. You guys become Star Trek streaming service. That works for me. You know? That's yeah, smart. Right. You guys do something to anchor yourself on. I'm surprised DC didn't do that with Batman. Well, they try to do it with Titans, I guess. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> they tried. I mean, and to be fair to them, it gets quote unquote good reviews, but it sucks. So, yeah, it's not. It's not. They got to really invest. In well, it. it's, I think we're gonna see a much much higher quality content from the Disney Plus shows. Oh, absolutely. Well, because they know who their audience is. Like, I don't know who the audience is for your fuck Batman, uh, Dick Grayson. It it can't be comic right. book fans. Yeah, who, who right. is it? Like it can't be comic <laughs> fans, you know. A Dick Grayson who's literally out here beating, beating, uh, uh, um, uh, criminals with an end of their life can't be people who like Dick Grayson in the comics. So who the fuck is your audience? So yeah, they're, they're trying to be everything to everybody, right? I don't, I don't, do I, don't I don't know. And and if you don't know who your audience is, then you're not going to be able to appeal to something. So and then again, even then, it's seven ninety nine a month. Disney Plus alone is yeah. six ninety nine a month. Yeah. With all this content yeah. you're releasing, it's like you're For so all that content, right? So already you're you're overpriced because you you know you don't have original content hitting yourself every month. Like in order for you to do it, you had to stretch out Young Justice season 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 three in the two parts and then release it uh, you know an episode like every other week. You know, so it's like or every week. Eh, what are you doing? So right, right. Um, yeah. More about uh, Disney coming for our next, man. So I, I was on the Nerd Off yesterday, and I, we were talking about something. And I don't know what made me do this. I went to Box Office Mojo, and I looked at the top six movies worldwide this year. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, Spider-Man Far From Home is a Sony movie, but I count it as I count it. It, it shouldn't. It's right. technically Sony. If you if you right. if you if you give it to Sony as you should, it is technically Sony's. Although, we whatever. Disney yeah, we know owns, how it works. <laughs> Disney owns the the five of the top six 
movies worldwide of the year. That's a lot. Avengers Endgame at two point almost two point eight million uh, billion. Uh, mm-hmm. Lion King one point two billion. Captain Marvel one point one point one billion. Spider Man Far From Home is Sony at one billion. Aladdin at just uh, just over one billion. And then Toy Story bring up Toy Story four bring up the rear just under a, a billion with nine hundred and sixty six million dollars. Wow. The next closest film. To that nine hundred sixty-six million dollars, um, is the Wandering Earth, which I believe is probably out of chi- uh, China. It's like six hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at seven hundred million dollars. The next domestic film we have here worldwide that comes close to, to that nine hundred sixty-six million dollars, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World, which I heard is really good. Is good, box office? Is box office is five hundred twenty million dollars. Man, and we still have Star Wars coming. Oh out yeah, this and we're not even getting into Star Wars. So we have a four hundred yeah. million dollar difference between. Toy Story 4 and the next closest like domestic film to them in the worldwide box office. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. It's a lot. Yo. It's a hell of a gap. They're killing it. And it's different things, right? You got two remakes here with The Lion King and Aladdin. You got a sequel with Toy Story 4. And then you got two Marvel movies. They, they, they literally hit you from every point of view because you got Pixar, you got Marvel, and then you got Walt Disney Pictures itself. And again, like we said, yep. when Star Wars comes out, you're, then you have Lucasfilm. You know, Star, yeah, you have Lucasfilms. Yeah. Every it, it's fine. I think product. what you said earlier, they really understand their audience. Yeah. And they figured it out. Yeah, I mean, because, again, and that's, that's uh, four, four out of the six hit a billion. With Toy Story 4 just like missing it by $40 million. So just under a billion dollars. With one studio. One studio with wow. one, two, three, four, five movies that, that hit a billion or came close to hitting a billion. And again, that's only, and it would have been six out of six, just that Sony technically is the one that reaps all the benefits from, from, from Far From Home, even though for the most part, Kevin Feige and them are the reason why this thing has hit a billion dollars. That that is unheard of, and they like you said it hits different audiences, different groups, you know. And as much as people sit there and go, "Oh, the re-, like when remember when there was those articles about why the box office was down, and people were blaming sequels and remakes and reboots and all the other stuff." But I'm like, the top of the box office says differently. It says differently every year. Yeah, every year. Every, and if you, if you go back and just look, it's diff, It's the same every year. I think it's people taking swings and misses with something like King Kong. Um, uh, what else? Um, what else missed this year? Like oh, you talking about that was Men Godzilla. Black. So yeah, so Godzilla sits at under four hundred. Is that three? Yeah, King Kong. Three eighty-five. It's three eighty-five. Um, and then some. There's some really good movies that. Didn't really swing and miss because uh, and Shazam's getting a sequel, but it's like WB should have put way more in the marketing in that film. There's no reason why that should be a five a sub five hundred hundred million dollar film. Cause that film was really really fucking good. It was really good. It's one of the best movies they've done, and they mm-hmm. seem to not. Again, I think you know not trusting your audience and not believing your source material, so you sort of like hesitate with how you're going to market it instead of just going, yeah, we're going full steam ahead because this is our movie and this is what we're making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, they, they got they got to figure it out. Yeah, and I think I I think I think knowing your audience is like it's one thing. You you saw the kitchen, right? No, I missed the kitchen. You missed the kitchen. All right. Well, I saw the kitchen. I but I, listened, I, I I did listen to your review of it though. Man, I'm. Well, I'm I'm tired of them making mob films, and apparently I've never watched another mob film before. So there's that. But it's just like, as you watch that film, you're going, "Who's the audience for this? Is it people who have watched mob films before? Because it can't be that. Because you're missing all the points you're trying to do. Is it is it is it a, a female audience? Because even then, you're not developing the female characters enough to really make you know women in the audience really connect with them." So who's your audience for all this stuff, and why are you doing it? I don't know. Some of the stuff just doesn't make any sense seeing them, them make it and, and seeing them go through all this stuff. But it ain't my money. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, I think we're, you know, we were talking about horror films earlier with my friends. Like, I think they're being, they're smarter, being smarter about how to make these films. Like, I saw scary, scary stories to tell in the dark, and it was, like, well done for a PG-13 horror film. It was oh, like super enjoyable. I want to go see it this weekend. I heard really good things about it. We didn't get a screener for it, so I really want to go see that. So. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is this is them kind of figuring out, right? Because on one end of the spectrum, you got Midsummer, which is like a hard R, crazy film. Then you got something like Scary Stories that's, you know, scary for teenagers, but really well done. And they're, they're just trying to figure it out. And they haven't really figured out that formula for box office movies. I think Disney as an overall company has done it for decades, so they figured it out. Um, the other studios, they it's it's a hit and miss. Like if, if Warner Brothers didn't have, they didn't they didn't have Christopher Nolan films and they didn't have Harry Potter. I don't know what their track record would be for tentpole films because mm-hmm. it's not great. They take these bizarre chances and they 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 dump money into these movies that to me seem like uh, I don't know what the audience is. I don't know how this is gonna work. And they you know they flop and they flounder and then they you know they move on to the next thing and they're hoping to hit a home run with something. Well, instead you know, of like you know, understanding your audience. Well, you know something. You know something that 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 hits me. We were just talking about Disney Plus and, and streaming service stuff like that. It goes back to seeing. It's like this disconnect between, you know, traditional uh, movie critics and 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 producers and directors and stuff like that. People who are against like uh, giving streaming services their due when it comes to like a war time for the movies they pick up. Um, it it's weird to me because it's like. Streaming and the quality of the stuff we're getting on streaming is probably also playing an effect into why people aren't going to the theater. Why will I go to the theater and take a chance on your movie that's questionable when I can sit at home and I can watch something like The Boys in a week? Or I can sit, I can turn on the Netflix and find something like I'm going to talk to, uh, me and Shandy going to talk about this movie, but I saw the, I watched The Perfection on Netflix. Yeah, you know, it's a that's a great film just for like a Netflix screaming film. It's like ninety minutes. It's really fucked up and crazy, but and but yeah. what what is the what is the 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 cost of you to watch a bad movie at home on a streaming service versus going out and watching a bad movie in the theater is so fucking low. Mm-hmm. If there's if there's something you don't like when you're watching, like you're happy. If I was happy with the perfection, I'm like I oh, fuck this movie. Turn it off and go watch something else. If yeah, you're in the like, theater, oh, this isn't working. Right. If you're in the what theater, yeah, in your theater, you can't most of the time you can't you can try to demand your money back. <laughs> you can try. But that probably ain't gonna work. And then so you're out your money. So now people are, are starting to do this thing where they wait. 
And so it used to be that I didn't think that critic reviews and reviews of movies played that much. And in some, in some respect, there are some movies that are, that are critic proof. You know, you look at The Lion King and Aladdin, right? They both got like okay, middle, mediocre reviews, but those films are going to make money because they, there's, an audience, there's a built-in audience for those, right? So throw yeah. those films out. Everything else, though, there are these other films where you're looking at them and you're like, man, why didn't Booksmart take off? They promoted it really hard, but I'm like, people don't go to the theaters like that anymore for a film like that. They'll watch that shit at home and love it. They'll love that film. They, like, dropped it, they, they dropped it at a weird time. And then, yeah, and then, you drop it, and then you drop it at the at time you dropped it in. Of course somebody's going to go see it. Everybody's going to go again and see the big tentpole movie. What are you talking about? They're going to go see Aladdin because it opened up against Aladdin. Of, yeah, of course. It's not going to it's not going to win against Aladdin. Because again, and the one thing yeah, the one thing we, we always talk about me and my homeboy always talk about is like it's not even that people are maybe going to see Aladdin like that's part of the equation, but the other part is like actual physical space in the theater. Yeah. Like yeah. cuz you know, cuz after Aladdin there's something else coming out. So what is your small indie R-rated comedy going to do against trying when the theaters are like looking to find space for Aladdin and then Godzilla and then Endgame is still playing and then like right so you're you're narrowing it down to like your your movie ends up at some small like art house cinema that you know isn't gonna necessarily get a bunch of eyeballs on it and, and what what kills me is what kills me is the theater snobs which I don't under, I didn't know yeah. there were theater snobs until I started seeing people complaining about you know you know you need to see these in theaters and that's the proper way to see these films I'm like are you talking about Endgame oh absolutely they're like no like book smart I'm like the fuck no no like yeah. it's it's a comedy it's a great film but do you need to see it on a big screen with a adobe uh, uh surround sound system absolutely not the opposite here, here's, actually here's, here, here's what's so disingenuous about these theaters now during a war season we watch most of these films on screeners mm-hmm. we're gonna watch most of them at home on, on a screener either a screener link or they've sent you the movie to watch, and you're gonna and you'll you'll rave about the performance. Uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna rave about seeing uh, uh, like Bill Street, how beautiful it is. But you watch it on your laptop, right? So right. what's the difference? Well, and that's like you enjoyed they- it, and you can you can vote on it, and you can you can nominate people based on something you you watch as a screener. So what's the difference of that than you enjoying it and watching something on Netflix? Yeah, it's a theater experience. No, it's not. Theater experience. Yeah. Most theaters, most theaters, a lot of the theaters haven't updated their seats. And then when you upgrade the seat, because again, when you upgrade the seat, you're actually getting less seats in the theater to get those big comfy chairs. So you're either in yeah. like a, a, a like, and and I want to be comfortable when I watch a film. So yeah, right. let me watch it. Yeah. So it's so funny watching. Like nobody wants to talk about how. The, and it's not. It's not even like streaming isn't getting quality. It's yeah, everyone thinks it was terrible quality. It's yeah, good quality stuff. It's good quality stuff. And sometimes you see, like, again, Roma was a Netflix film. I just yeah. read about how um, they're doing, uh, Amazon picked up Fast Color and they're doing a series on it. And that they wanted originally, they wanted, to, they wanted it as a film. They wanted the film and they, mm-hmm. couldn't, they couldn't get a hold of it for that way. And that film didn't do a lot in the theaters because it didn't get released like that. But Amazon wanted that film. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. You guys are treating the studio, the, the, the Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and all these things that are actually out here trying to get these you know, quality stuff. And it, going back to Disney Plus, here you go. Here you got Disney Plus with their Marvel shows, which are literally using 
their stars from their movies and also saying these movies will now connect to and, and, and um, affect our movies as well. Now you're seeing mm-hmm. that, that, that they're, they're, they're blurring the lines between TV and theater as well because it's like you, yeah. can, you, can, you can have both. So Yeah, you can have both. And now what you're seeing now is you know, kind of what we saw with the superhero movies is not happening for these Netflix shows and, and movies and, and streaming shows and movies is you're getting top flat actors. You're getting people who are good and I, and you know and with that and with the money comes not, not not even just the best actors you're getting the best lighting the best editing the best special effects like you look at something like the boys it's like a beautifully shot show yeah it's really like those well shots done. in that show are great right yeah yeah they're I, great yo i i i was looking at like wow you guys really put some money behind this you guys mm-hmm. really did this. yeah you guys, mm, okay they did the, the the choreography is great and the writing is great and the character development is great. They really just nailed it, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought I'd enjoy it, but I was like, "Whoa!" They really like put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that's the benefit of, of streaming. Like even something like the perfection. Like I can imagine you pitching that to a, a major studio and like how they would market it. Like I don't know what I don't I don't know if a studio would know what to do with a movie like that. Mm-hmm. So putting it on a streaming service actually really helps like i look at some of the movies that didn't perform well like i think book smart would have been would have crushed on netflix oh yeah absolutely word or, of mouth people would be like yo mm-hmm. book smart and netflix would have done it would have did a really good job promoting it or even do our funny ads or even yeah. if they picked a better time to do it if you release that film closer yeah. to award season when there are some down times in the, i mean especially this year when there's yeah. there is a there's a star wars coming out but right now there's nothing really like there's no Marvel or DC movie coming out in in the fall like it has been the last. In few the years. fall, yeah. So you have some space to put that film in there. Like it was just a dumb decision to release that film at that time because I'm like, this is a really good film that people would have gone to go see and probably got some more money if you had done it. Plus, you also then get the award season buzz, where then people want to yeah. go see a film because it's like, oh, it's getting Oscar buzz. We want to go see it. And we want to do that. So. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. So you know, you get the performances that people remember, and people are like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, you know, as they're voting for award season, because I was talking, I was, uh, I was texting Chris Lamberth, and I was telling him that we were, that was part of my conversation. Was like, yo, if you release it during the war season, even if it doesn't perform the way you want the box office, it still is in this conversation mm-hmm. of you know, best director, best writer, best you know, best cast, depending on you know what awards you give out. Like we have a best youth, a best youth award for our critics association, so youth performances go a long way. So you know. We could put that in there. So I don't know, man. Like I'm looking at the schedule now, and there's not a lot out mm. this fall. No, no. I, it's gonna be really interesting. Again, I'm going to TIFF. Um, it's gonna be really interesting what films are open up. We know some films that are that I'm not looking forward to, like Joker. But there are other films out there that are. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of good films I see on the schedule for TIFF that I'm looking forward to. Um, but again, they're gonna be in the conversation. Then you get films that happen early that peaked early in the year that aren't gonna be remembered because. Yeah, you're just you 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 you. It's a it's a strategy to it all. So yeah, I don't get it. Um, before we get into, did you see the, the, the Universal uh, delayed the, the the release of the Hunt? No. Yeah, because of um, sort of the violence of the film, of like rich people hunting poor people and the mass shootings. They yeah, oh, the first wow. day like had delayed some of the advertising, but then it came out today that they like. It's not coming out in September, and they don't know when they're going to release it. Mm. 
That reminds me when they try to delay uh, Death Wish. Uh, they should have just. Oh yeah, that's right. Ne- they should have never. Just, they should just never released it because it was not good. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, they they delayed the release. I just saw it this morning that, that uh, the hunt is in. It, it looks like a silly, fun mm-hmm. horror movie, but yeah. They, yeah, they're keeping it. Uh, I don't say this. It is it, 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 not funny because it just shows you how fucked up America is. They delayed um, Death Wish because of a, sh- a mass shooting there, and I want to say like shortly after or shortly before it's about to release on the re-release date. There was another mass shooting. Yeah, I want to say that's what happened with that because it was just why not? Even if my facts are wrong here. I have a 50-50 chance of being right because of how many mass shootings America has. So, go figure. Yeah. Um, before we get into more serious stuff and talk about some, some of the fucked up things going on, I, I did want to talk about this because I saw a rumor and it got me thinking about one of my, my, my movie franchises that surprised me. I want to ask you, what movie franchise, is there a movie franchise out there that surprised you? That's like one of the things that you didn't think would be good and you, you, it now comes out and you're like, oh, you know what? I actually love this series. Uh, the Purge? Fucking a! I, we did not talk about this beforehand, but that's what I was gonna say. That that's the whole reason why I fucked up. <laughs> this yeah, I was seeing a rumor about yeah, uh, Sylvester Stallone maybe possibly talking about Purge Five or something like that. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, we do get another Purge film, dog. Okay, so the first Purge, well, we may have talked about this before. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I think, we, was like, I, think every, oh. I think every time I like, I feel like once a year we talk about <laughs> me and you talk about how much we love the. <laughs> Because <laughs> the first bird was like a cool concept, and it's Ethan Hunt, and I remember the story behind it was like they all sort of took like the small base pay and got money on the back end, and it like it made a bunch of money. But like the second purge was like a deeper look and sort of sort of the the purge world, uh, mm-hmm. and you got to see it sort of like poor people. Because remember, it was uh, it was around some of those police shootings, and so they had like rewrote the first purge because right. they were calling that dude all kind of niggers and whatever and uh they cut a lot of that out because they're chasing this poor black man in the first movie these rich people and so they sort of edited around it and made it less racially sort of like crazy but you know you know after they sort of got away from that they really lean into that like (laughs) like they're setting up these poor black people and poor brown people for the fall and they don't care no one cares. Like even you saw the last one, right? The first oh, purge. Did you first watch that? purge. Yo, every single one of these films get progressively better and better. And first purge, yeah. I was like, it was exactly what we were talking about. This is the movie that everyone yeah. was talking about. I was like, yeah, these courses set the purge out, and they did it to they did it to attack poor black people. It's like you're like, this has been us. This has been the plan the entire time. Like it's so the crazy. entire time. So that scene where they send in these white supremacists to like mm-hmm. stir up the neighborhood. Yeah. Because it was that, it was that, it's on, it, they, they don't even they don't even hide it right because they, they like, yeah, this is what's happening because they had tried to they had tried to get the poor, the, the poor black people to fuck themselves up by giving them all this money on purge and like have purge like, and what did black they people had a do party. they had a fucking party <laughs> they <laughs> had was, purge parties they on the block had, with their money they stayed party. with the right. money and it was kicking it right it was like okay you guys there, there's a couple money. incidents but it, it wasn't enough to get the funding and stuff that they want or to get the votes right. they want or whatever. So they, so they had to start up the pot. And what I love about it is it's, it's literally how America works, right? It's like you make, you, you make it seem like these poor black people are just so savage. They're going to kill themselves. And when they don't, you interject the government coming in to stir the pot, to force the issue. And it's like, yeah, man, black people aren't going to just, like you said, it's not going to be enough where people just go out there and kill. No, we're going to chill. We're going to have a purge party. We're going to chill out here. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna get this money and be fine with it. And I love how they did that and how they showed you how fucked up the government was to get to this point. And how, and then when you when you watch those movies from that point and then back, you're like, 
oh, the f- the first Purge movie you see is actually just at the point where they've been doing the Purge enough that now it's gotten to the point where it now affects middle middle white class uh, middle middle class white yeah. people. You know, and yep. like it's like, going on now, just long enough to now it's now it's at their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so a good. brilliant. It's 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 a brilliant. I mean, I think people dismiss it because of the violence and mm-hmm. gore and the subject matter. But if you if you watch these films, like they really nail those points home. Well, I think and, what, and, and in an entertaining way. Yeah, and I think what it was is like because the way they don't want to give away too much in the promo, so the promos make it seem like the purge is a good thing. Right, mm-hmm. but that's subversive. It's like no, the whole point of it is that it's not a good thing. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be rooting for the purge. And when you watch nope. these films, there's no way you can. Maybe in the first one, because that family fucking sucked and kind of didn't want them to die. But every other right. purge film, you're like, oh man, this is kind of fucked up. Like they're the government is using this to exterminate people. Yeah, but even that that bizarre subplot in in, in one of the the election year where the guy's uh, his insurance was sort of trying to screw him over. Mm, yeah. Like the insurance companies were doing this to people during the purge, because mm-hmm. then that was another way to make money off insurance, just not covering people. And mm-hmm. you had, did you had to get purge coverage? <laughs> yeah, they corporatized. Like it, yeah. just extracting money out of people. Yeah, so good, so good. Um, Is there yeah, anything I, you're looking forward to this fall? Anything um, other than other than Terminator? Oh well, obviously Terminator. Um, <laughs> the fate I, I of the Terminator, see, or whatever. I want to see it part two, um, and obviously like Star Star Wars. I'm not sure. Um, I, I want to go through the list of, of movies coming out on tip. I know there's some other stuff coming out. Like, I mean, obviously there's one um, that there's one, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, Tom Hanks is trying to mm-hmm. cover everybody's neck as Mr. Rogers. And there's some, uh, some other films I, I know are coming out. Um, yeah, I got to look up the list. What about you? Uh, Queen and Slim is what I'm looking forward to. Okay, yeah, I did see that. Uh, yeah. Like, Danny Kalua really hasn't missed if you look at his IMDb. He's been in a lot of, like, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty One Bridges. I'm I'm interested to see, you know, T'Challa I, as a cop. I want to see it just because he keeps doing that. I keep seeing that ridiculous scene with him <laughs> lifting up his coat to show his badge and his gun. And I'm just like, yo, yeah. he thinks he still thinks he's Black Panther right now, yo. Yeah, he's so smooth. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I think that's gonna be something that oh, gets a lot of Oscar yeah. love. Yeah, that's um, it's uh Christian Bale. Who else is in? The, he's playing opposite of Christian. Him. Is it uh, Matt Damon? Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. And John and John Bernthal. Okay. No, yeah, not, yeah. not Matt. Not Matt Damon. It's, not Matt Damon. Um, who is, it's somebody else who's against. What's his name? Yeah, I forgot who else is in it. Was it Brad Pitt? Maybe it was Brad Pitt. Was no Brad Pitt? Was Brad Pitt? I didn't think so. Hold on, let me. I'm look at this right now. It's it was, a Forbes Far because I remember I saw the Matt trailer Damon. and I was yeah, like, it's Matt Damon. Look. It's Matt Damon. Yeah, 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 Matt Damon. It is yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. So. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, Obviously, else? it chapter two is, is on my list. Oh, yeah. um, Doctor Sleep. I'm interested to see what they do with this sort of mm. sequel to The Shining. <clears throat> and I love horror films, so I'm fascinated to see what they do. I didn't know that. Eight twenty four. Is that coming huh? out this year? Yeah, it's out this year. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, thought, I thought that I didn't know that was coming out this unless year. They, unless they moved it, but Warner Brothers had it slotted for November. I thought for October. It looks like November on IMDb, but. Mm, yeah, that's actually yeah, none of them October. Yeah, hmm. and then you know, Gemini Man is seems interesting. <laughs> that's a good uh, way to put it. It seems interesting. I'm, I I like I like Will Smith. Oh, you and know he, what? He of... I just saw I just saw who's directing um, Doctor Sleep. It's it's um, Mike Flanagan. So he's done Oculus, which I really like. Uh, he was a uh, 
But he didn't, uh, he didn't direct that. He was an editor for Oculus. Um, yo, no, he directed Oculus as well. So he directed Oculus, um, and then he did um, some of the... He directed some episodes of The Haunting of uh, Hill House. So, yeah, he's good. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. I see. And I, he also did Gerald's Game. I keep seeing that on my Netflix. I, I yeah, Gerald's Game, you'll like it. It's, I got to check creepy. it out then. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm looking for and, and Knives Out is probably the last one I'm looking for. Uh, mm, the, the yeah, November okay. release. Yeah. That looks hilarious. Yeah, it does. So I'm I'm all in on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah, I'm looking for all that stuff too. It's like it's gonna be a I mean, interesting fall. I think. I think yeah, it'll be good. It'll, it'll be interesting award season because I don't even know who's, you know, what the front runners are or who's yeah. gonna get nominations. I think we'll find out in a few, in a few weeks what's happening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, once these once these festivals start up, then you'll start getting the, the stuff yeah. out there. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So. All right, let's jump into let's jump into some of this news. Let's start with some uh some some kind of good news. Um, so uh, child rapist uh, Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in a New York City jail today. Well, I saw that suicide. Um. So yeah, the, the tinfoil hats were out early this morning on that one. And so, like, I'm not a conspiracy theory person either, but like, it doesn't add up. Like, I thought it that doesn't he was, add up. I thought he was on suicide watch before, from when he tried to kill himself before. And then somebody was like, "No, they took him off suicide watch." But then I saw somewhere else that he was in the special housing unit, which should have meant that mm-hmm. he was also still on special uh, suicide watch. But they said that they took him off a of suicide watch, even though you're not supposed to do that in that special housing unit. So, like, it's, and, and, and this is also the week where we started seeing uh, names being named in, from unsealed uh, documents from, from his, his, his trial and, and, and what's going mm-hmm. on. So, like, it's, it's very, this is one of those ones where it's like, it's a conspiracy theory, but is it, is it though? Because it just seems. Yeah. He, and know, he's someone who has, you know, has had some interaction with a lot of very powerful people and I can imagine those those people and the people who who work for them not wanting him to say a word. Right. Um especially if he was someone who was gonna start talking. Right. I all I can have in the back of my mind is that that um that scene from the Dark Knight where Joker's talking to all the mobs and he's looking at the, the dude on the screen and goes, I know a yeah. squealer I know a squealer when I see one and that's a squealer. <laughs> I'm looking at Jeffrey, yeah. like, Jeffrey Epstein look like a squealer. So, yep. uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the millionaire, millionaire financier and accused sex trafficker, died by apparent suicide Saturday morning while in federal custody, according to the U.S. Justice Department. Epstein, 66, was in a federal jail cell in downtown Manhattan, but was not on suicide watch at the time of his death. Multiple people familiar with the investigation told NBC News. It was apparently, he had apparently hanged himself and was found unresponsive at 6.30 a.m., uh, this morning, uh, Attorney General William Barr said that he was appalled to learn, sure you were, appalled to learn that Jeffrey Epstein was found dead while in federal custody. He said he had consulted, he has consulted with the, Justice, the Department of Justice Inspector, Inspector General who had opened an investigation in the circumstances. Richard Epstein's death raises serious questions that must be answered. Yeah, because it's like, okay, even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't a conspiracy that he was killed, this is still mm-hmm. a supreme failure of the Justice Department. Yeah, and the on a lot of levels. On a lot of levels. Like, on a lot of levels. This man was already found. He was, um, uh, Epstein's death comes a little over two weeks after he was found injured in a fetal position in a cell in a federal a metropolitan correctional center in Manhattan. 
He was sending condolences with, with marks around his neck at the time. So he already tried to kill himself two weeks ago. So why was not he? Why wasn't he on suicide watch now? And mm-hmm. two, even if he wasn't on suicide watch. Why is nobody monitoring him? Because clearly, I just. Mm. His death comes a day yeah, after. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't help. All yeah. that, yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help people trying to say it's not a conspiracy. Right. His death came a day after the trove of court court documents was unsealed, providing new details about Epstein's uh, Epstein's alleged tra- uh, sex trafficking. Yeah, that's another thing too about stuff like this. Like, and the government is, fav- uh, is famous for this being incompetent in what they do, and their incompetence mm-hmm. leads to uh, people believing conspiracy theories. Right. It's, it's exactly. like, do you want to believe your government is this incompetent, or would you rather believe that they're so competent they covered it up? Right. Those are your two choices. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it. Either they're mm-hmm. incompetent or so competent that they got this done. Yeah. One of the things, <sighs> uh, Jeffrey Epstein and his close associate ordered a teenage girl to have sex with several high power men, including former uh, New, New, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. And former Senator uh, George Mitchell, according to deposition from a girl released Friday, uh, Virginia Roberts uh, Giffrey, now 36, claimed that in a two- claimed in a 2016 de- deposition that Epstein and British socialite, uh, I'm not gonna say that first name, Maxwell also directed her to provide sexual services for modeling agent Jean, uh, John Luke Brunel, money manager Glenn uh, Dubbin, uh, and late MIT professional Marvin Minsky. Uh, as well as for, as well as a foreign president and a well known prime minister, there's a whole bunch of them, and it's just wow. hard to remember. Uh, said uh, Guffrey, according to the court uh, court uh, filings, <clears throat> my whole life revolved around just pleasing these men and keeping uh, Maxwell and Jeffrey happy. Their whole lives around around sex. You said a former president, former foreign president. Oh, former foreign president. Foreign oh president. yeah, 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 yeah. And again, Bill well, Clinton is a Democrat, so. Yeah, right. Uh, these allegations and inferences are completely false. Richardson's office said, to be clear, in Governor Richardson's limited interaction with Mr. Epstein, he never saw him in the presence of young or NRA girl. Governor Richardson has never been to Epstein's residence in the Virgin Islands. Governor Richardson has never met Miss Guffrey. So, mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Yeah, he's pulled his name out of nowhere, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of people didn't want him talking or. or or reading any more of these unsealed documents, right? The best way to keep it closed is, you know, <laughs> the person's dead. I and mean, we, we've seen it, right, with celebrity deaths, right? People who live these un, mm-hmm. sort of, like, toxic lifestyles, they die, and it's like, oh, this person's dead, you can't say anything bad about them. Um, so I could imagine him wanting to attempt suicide, because, like, yeah, that's the best way to, like, sort of keep any sort of, like, positive thing around your name is death because now people feel like they have to mourn you instead of still persecute you for what you said or what you've done or or they can bury it and pretend like it never happened which is what is going on here like even there is no conspiracy it's dead now like the names that were named will go nowhere and stuff like this will continue so yeah yeah exactly yeah unfortunately uh yeah well, we'll never find out what actually happened. That's, that's yeah. the crazy part. Right, right. Although, as far as I'm concerned, there's been enough. When there are enough rumors and talk about things like this happening, you start. You have to start believing, right? Because mm-hmm. at some point, at some point, like there's got to be some truth to it. And I think that's what's happening yeah. here. There's been enough. There's been enough rumors and discussions about pedophile rings among 
uh, rich white people, not just rich white people, about rich people and politicians and, and, and people in this country that, and there's enough evidence that's been going around to suggest that something like this has happened. And we know, and also Look, the other thing too, we know sex trafficking happens. Yeah, we know it happens. We know, we know sex trafficking just on a, on, a, on, a, on a regular level happens. So you can't tell me that powerful people that usually avoid any kind of scrutiny and any kind of, um, of consequences for their actions aren't also involved in the sex trafficking rings. Listen, I was watching, uh, like, it was, it was like, yeah, it was like CNN or something. They had a whole, um, like, thing about people and cults. It was all these different types of cults. It was, you know, from the 70s. Cults I've never even heard of, right? Some you've heard about, some I haven't heard of. But the, the one constant was these guys, these cult leaders, uh, sleeping with underage girls or underage boys or other people's wives. Like, that was something that popped up in every episode. So I can imagine these people and these guys, these cult leaders didn't really have much, but I can imagine some actual really powerful people who do have something trying some of the same stuff. Yeah, no, it, it, absolutely. It's like, and it's, it is weird how almost all of, every single one of those cults always ends up with underage sex. It's almost as if yeah. these powerful people and men want to have total control over people's lives and, and, and kids are people, perfect people to exert that control over. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, well, fuck him. Oh, well, here's the thing. I'm I'm kind of torn because one, fuck him. I'm glad he's dead, but also, I'm not glad he's dead if it means that it deads any further investigation into the names that were being named and the and 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 the pedophile rings and human trafficking he was involved in. So I'm torn on this. One. Yeah, I, yeah. I was hoping he would stay alive and so we can get all this information out and get these people out of here. Well, that and I wanted him to suffer. I wanted. I, yeah. This is one of those ones. I get it. People are, you know, prison abol- uh, abolitionists and all the. Oh yeah, fuck that. This motherfucker could just rotten in a prison or you know been taken out back after his trial. After you know, let him sit in jail for a while and then take him out back and then shoot him like a fucking dog. Like because that's what he fucking deserves. Him, R. Kelly, uh, Bill Cosby, all these motherfuckers. Fuck them all. You know. So, yeah, they've been they've been doing it for a long time. Right. And ru- ruining families and ruining people's lives. Right. Ruining people's lives. Which, by the way, you know what? I can we gotta talk about this. I I we haven't been here, but the whole thing with R. Kelly, like I have not had mm-hmm. a show during the whole thing with R. Kelly, with him being um arrested, and I think he's facing federal charges now too. Yeah, those are those are real charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Federal. This is feds. This is Chicago PD. Yeah, the feds <laughs> coming for you. Um, so I have a story here. Um, R. Kelly is miserable in jail. Lawyer says. He's dealing with a lot of stories that have been made up. He's not a fighter. I've seen him cry when he talks about the situation. All right. At what point are, are we... Be- like what, what's being made up? Like, all of this is being made up? A portion of it is being made up? He's his own worst enemy. That interview he did this year mm-hmm. did not help. No. With the women sitting there, looking like they were... Yeah. 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 That didn't help. This is he's his own worst enemy. This is these have been stories going back to the early nineties. Then this is that, and then that whole and I, I know it's what people. I remember people saying, "Why are we doing uh, um, the surviving R. Kelly?" And what's the point? And these federal charges are the point, right? Because it, 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 he's so arrogant that he let he didn't say anything. Oh shit! Didn't mean to do that. 
Um, he didn't. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he should have been in prison long. Like he remember that that video of that toast he gave. He said that y'all should have came after me a long time ago. It's mm-hmm. too late. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yep. It's yeah. the arrogance of that. It's so, too not that I'm not that I'm innocent. Not that I didn't do this. It's too late. Y'all should have did this a long time ago. And toasting and smiling and laughing. So one of the things I missed while yeah. while we were off was his spokesman that quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, that guy. America, you know, and I know that um, you're innocent to proven guilty. And um, he's um, said many times that he's innocent. And uh, his legal team, myself, and all those involved, we believe that uh, what he's saying. And um, he's looking forward to his day in court. We wasn't ex- we were expecting this to happen. We know it had been said that uh, there were um, FBI investigations and all these things that was going on, um, but we didn't know exactly when it would happen. And so we're here today, and uh, we're ready for it. When you fight in the federal government, you have the weight of the government. They have unlimited resources. They use our resources to fight us. You know, it's not like you're fighting the state or you're fighting a municipal court. You're fighting the federal government. Um, takes a lot of money, but I, I I do believe that justice will prevail. I believe that yeah, Ms. Kelly is innocent. I believe in the, at the end, uh, justice will prevail, regardless of whatever the resources that he ha- he may or not have. He'll be okay. So that's Daryl Johnson. That's the uh, crisis manager. That was yeah, the crisis, crisis manager. Was the was the was the crisis manager for R. Kelly. Um, he he stopped he 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 stopped hours. He stepped down shortly after this because. Uh, later on in that interview, I believe it was the same interview, um, he said that he would not leave his uh, daughter alone with an accused pedophile. So basically, he's representing a crisis manager for R. Kelly, but clearly would not um, share. Uh, so basically what it was is, uh, in the CBS uh, um, This Morning interview, aired, uh, Johnson told co-host Gail King that he would not leave a 21-year-old daughter with anyone who's accused of pedophilia. You have a twenty-one-year-old daughter. How would you would you would you allow her to be alone with R. Kelly? Absolutely not. Just, just Johnson quickly responded, cutting King off before she said the singer's name. Wow. But this goes back. Yeah, to, yeah it's like, like. Is it worth? Was it worth it? Is the check that? Is it that much of a check? Will you got to do that? So, and we talked about this. Like, people have been talking about this for a while. I believe. Let me see. Um, I believe that there weren't there also some associates, um, that were arrested, uh, with him as well. Yeah, a few people. Yeah, a few yeah. People but got we've been saying him, yeah. that for a long time. Like when you watch, um, um, Surviving R. Kelly, you're like, well, what was it? it? Wasn't Surviving R. Kelly? That was Surviving Neverland. What was the the um. R. Kelly documentary. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was no, it was it was, was it surviving was it R. Kelly? R. Kelly? I can't remember. I know there was surviving yeah. leaving. Yeah, surviving Carol, uh, R. Kelly, and then there was leaving Neverland. Um, yeah. So, so when you watch it, you're like, "There's too many of you all that know what's going on." You are pro- like and this, when you openly provide. This, openly man can't, say, this man can't read. Right. When you so openly, when you who openly, was helping yeah. him do all of this? When you openly say that you're you're you you knew he was with underage girls, or you knew. He was with them, and oh, I didn't think it was right, but but you watch it. Yeah, what so can I do? But you, you throw your you, hands up. So you watch the crime. Yeah. So, um, let me see. Yeah, what can I do? I just had a nothing I can do. He took home a middle school kid. I just 
man, I, I don't like it. I don't I, I don't condone it, but like man, if you don't call the cops. All right. I'm trying to see if any of these um people were the ones from from the um Oh no, not that guy. That's a white guy. And I'm trying to see Trying to see if any of these people are are people from the documentary. I'm like, yo, you guys are maybe not. So anyway, um, uh, R. Kelly was the only one named in a few federal indictments filed Thursday, with two former employees also charged. Kelly's ex business manager Daryl McDavid faces one count of conspiracy to receive child pornography and one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, as well as two counts of receiving child pornography. Former employee Milton Brown, also known as June Brown, was also charged with one count. One count of conspiracy to receive child pornography. McDavid appeared in court in Chicago, where he pleaded not guilty to the charge, and the judge set a bond of five hundred thousand dollars. He was released on bond Friday afternoon. Um, McDavid, McDavid's attorney said that his client would be vindicated of all charges against him. Said it was an uh, unfortunate vendetta against R. Kelly, as extended to his associates. Sure. Sure. Wow. Sure. Sure. I'm sure that's what it is. Vendetta. Vendetta. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Fuck these. Fuck. I hope they all go to fucking jail and rot. Um, speaking of people I hope go to jail and rot, I, I'm really tired of... Uh, I'm, I'm tired of these police officers. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. I had to have a conversation with my nephew this weekend, uh, this week about what to do if he stopped by the police. Uh, that's just... I, I just... I just dreaded the the idea of it, um, but he he's cause he's thirteen now, and my sister was like, you know, stressing because he you know, left the house by himself and was you know kind of went to the store and you know stuff that you do as a teenager, and that was one of the things that she was concerned about. What was like, man, what do I do in the event that something happens? Um, so I talked to him, and he was like, yeah, I want you know, I tell him you know, make sure you you know, I, I need to talk to my mom or call my mom and. You know, I was like, yeah, don't let them sort of goat you into doing something or saying something or don't answer questions you're not comfortable answering. But here I am, this dude's 13, and I'm having to have, like, a, this real serious conversation with him. Freaking ridiculous. This is, um, <clears throat> so apparently an NYPC, uh, NYPD officers held a Blue Lives Matter march in defense of the officer who killed Gardner. Current and retired oh, NYPD God, yeah, officers... Uh, marched in Staten Island Sunday to support Officer Daniel Pantaleo. Uh, uh, the march was in response to police, uh, the police administrative judge recommending uh, Pantaleo be fired. In 2014, he was recorded putting Eric Garner in an illegal chokehold before Garner uttered his last words, I can't breathe. It became a rally cry for, a a for the growing Black Lives Matter movement. With more than 250 supporters in attendance, the Blue Lives Matter founder, uh, Joseph Patrice, Wanted everyone to get a sense of what the incident had done to the life of his friend. People think Danny Pantaleo isn't affected by this and hasn't doesn't wake up every day and wish he had, could go back and not have been there. Said in Patrice in the SI Live with his friend Pantaleo. I'm telling you right now, it's affected his life. His life. He's still alive though, right? Yeah. And he's on video. <laughs> he's on video applying an illegal chokehold. On a man who was just selling cigarettes. Yep. But how, but how dare how dare us ruin his life for being a murderer? And and that's the thing that just bothers me the most about this is 
people think that their mild inconveniences or that their their fuck ups and being held accountable for them somehow mean that they are are facing some un 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 undue like punishment. Like, no, mm-hmm. man, you fucked up. And, and and they're somehow they're somehow equal in their eyes. It's somehow the same thing. Like whatever he's feeling that's uncomfortable, somehow the same is the fact that people have a righteous outrage for what happened. Mm-hmm. Like It's not the same. Like People are, are outraged because you killed a guy who didn't need to die. There's no reason Eric Garner didn't still, shouldn't still be alive other than the fact that you killed him. And people are outraged about that, and rightfully so. And if that means you have to be uncomfortable, then that's fine. I, I, you know what? I wish you weren't uncomfortable, but, but I also wish Eric Garner was still alive. Here's the thing. It's not even like you're going to go to jail. It's not even like yeah. you're going to be, you know, you're getting a death sentence. It's just saying it's a recommendation, a recommendation that you be fired. A recommendation. Yeah. You might not even lose your job. And by the way, when you lose your job, you'll probably be rehired by another fucking police department. Guess what they do? Yep. So That's what they did with uh, the, the kid, the guy who shot um, Timmy Rice. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets a new job. I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, more stuff. So, you see this picture of Trump visiting the El Paso hospital holding the baby? I, well, I, I did. think Melania. I saw that, that baby. Yeah. So, because some of the victims didn't really want to meet with, with Trump, they went and brought the baby whose parents died. I think both parents died, right? Mm-hmm. Protecting this baby. Um, they brought the baby back so Trump could have Trump and Melania could hold the baby and have a have have a um photo shoot. At this point, that, yeah, no, go ahead. I was saying it's just it's just really disgusting, and I'm not surprised. Like, I I, w- I would love to pretend I was surprised that this happened, or or I was like I was stopped in my tracks when I read it. I was just like, yeah, sounds about right. He's di- he's giving a thumbs up as Melania holds the baby. Yeah, he's giving a thumbs up. Both both that child's it's parents all, it's all, shot dead. It's all theatrics and 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 ceremony and and these things. It's not about a genuine care for these people. It's a photo op. It's 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 already get the campaign wrapping up for twenty twenty, and it's you know there. I remember uh, one of the last debates between Hillary and, and Trump and they're having this discussion on CNN it was, you know, obviously people trying to be fair and balanced. So you've got these Republicans who have these opinions about Trump and you've got these Democrats. And one of the things the Republicans were saying was like Trump was, you know, speaking his mind and going off the cuff and not, and, you know, their praise to him was that he wasn't a traditional politician and, and sometimes the American people need that. They need an everyday man, like completely dismissing that he's been like a rich asshole for most of his life. But whatever, you, you feel like he's something that's not the status quo, and so it's okay. But I remember Van Jones was like, that's fine for debates, but at some point when something happens in this country, you're going to need the president to be presidential because that's the job. Like, you're going to have to show up and comfort the entire country because that's what you signed up for. So you don't get to not do that. You don't get to just lean into your base. And he's completely ignored that. 100%. He's not, he doesn't know how to comfort people. 
So when we have these mass shootings and you're asking someone who's never done it and doesn't really have that gene in them to show up and comfort people, but all he knows to do is show up and have a photo op and have a rally while he's there. It's you know what about, I mean? Yeah, it's, all about, it's all about him. Like, this is a man yeah, even, who even Bush, Even Bush did that. Bush was able to show up in Katrina after, even after all that bullshit to show up and, and do the song and dance and hug people. He did all, he still did that. He can't even, Trump can't even do that. It's, it's one of the weird things. It's like, at, at one point I, I get, I cringe when people try to sit there and say, this isn't who we are. You know, we've never had a president who was racist before. I'm like, uh, that's not true. Well, uh, at the same time. Racism right. has been long for a long time. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it's also the same thing. Like, I, I also felt people, when people were got, felt some kind of way, when, when, when the media would make it seem like, you know, oh man, this you know, Trump makes me miss Bush. And you're like, uh, the Bush years weren't great either. But at the same time, when you get past the, like, the, the edges and you look at the nuances of it, like, they're not exactly wrong. Like, there they're are not. a lot wrong with, don't get me wrong, I am not praising George W. Bush. Fuck George W. Bush and his ugly ass pain, right? At the same time, there were things, there were still some form of human compassion in Bush somewhere, right? You could right. find that. He could do the thing that you expect. Maybe it was all an act. I don't know. I also think George W. Bush is also just almost childlike in his mind sometimes and ain't, ain't, ain't all there. But he could still, like you said, he could still hug victims. He could still show some kind of emotion. Like, Trump only knows how to be vindictive, mean, and evil. He has no idea how and, to show... Com- or, or, take, or take praise from people. Or, like, or be loved by when when you watch as he's ever if you've ever watched him be faced with somebody who's make doing something really emotional he has no idea how to handle that he's so uncomfortable with that cuz he doesn't know how to make it about him anymore and it requires him to use some emotion that he doesn't have i mean even his conversation about like uh, uh, what was happening and when he was going to meet with the victims was like how small Beto's rally was. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about? You're the president of the United States. Like, why are you concerned with one of the dozen people running for the Democrat nominee and how small his rally was in this town? Like, go there, hug people. Like, and I think that's why the tension in this country and, and, and I mean, outside of actual racism, but right. But how it feels on edge all the time and it never feels it feels like a never ending cycle of like ridiculousness because this is the first time in a long time we haven't had a president that made people at least feel like things were okay, Mm -hmm. Right. Because these. There's all kind of people dying in these gun and in in these in these gun massacres, all kinds of people. I mean, they're they're, they're targeting, you know, Latinos and and Jews and, and people of color. There, there are a lot of people, right? Your, your political party isn't going to stop you from being shot, right? What you believe in religiously isn't going to stop a bullet from you. Like I always say, a bullet has no name on it. So everyone's is, is walking around as a target until something happens. And he, he doesn't have the, the means to let everyone know, like, listen, I know everyone's on edge, but things are going to be okay, and we're going to try to figure out a way. And not they double down on, like, video games, Right. And mental health and like all this other ridiculousness. And it's just not 
And we all know it's bullshit. And we all know it's just people flapping their gums until the next tragic thing. The number just keeps going up. They just, you see the guy they just arrested the other day? Mm-hmm. Who, who had, like, an AR-15. He had an unregistered gun. But he had, like, drawings of, like, shooting up this gay club in Vegas. Yeah, and, I like, heard about that. Wait, and I think, wasn't yeah. that might that might have been the dude that they were like, uh, did he, is this the one that had the bombs also? Yeah, he had the bombs too. So yeah. that's, that's a dude that they, they, they that the, 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 I think the, one of the local news station had interviewed like two or three years ago who was patrolling his neighborhood with one of the, I'm like, yeah, these people aren't, these people don't patrol, you don't patrol your neighborhood with an AR-15 and have good intention. You don't. No. You're looking for trouble. That, uh, that whole idea of, I'm here to keep things safe. No, you're looking for trouble. Yeah. Like, we were having this conversation at work about, you know, places that are, like, um, open carry. It's like, okay, so you want to open carry. I know friends who, like, I have a friend who works as a federal parole officer. I got a friend who works at the King County Jail. And so some of these guys carry because, you know, they literally run into people who they've had to, like, discipline outside. and. My friend was telling me, yeah, this dude ran up on me in Walgreens out of nowhere and was like trying to square up with him. And he was like, I, he said, I care. He said, but I, he said, I would have like shot the fair one with him. He said, but I just broke my hand playing basketball. And he was like, man, I, do I, he was like, do I have to pull my gun on this dude? Like, so he said, but, I, but he said, man, I'm in a Walgreens. Like, I'm not trying to pull my gun out. And I, so I ended up sort of like escalating the situation and getting out. Um, so you got, you know, you got all these people who have all these guns and do all these things, but like, the idea that like it, an AR-15 is somehow something you need to defend yourself is crazy, because like that—that's a killing. That's meant to kill people. And so, if there's an altercation and you pull out your AR-15, you're you're murdering somebody. And so you're walking around with this gun strapped around you, like yeah, in case something happens. It's like, what well, that something happens, you're just gonna murder somebody. So what's what's the point? Right. It's you can do that with a handgun. Mm-hmm. Why do you? Why need, do you need that? Why do you need that thing? And, and almost, uh, and like the, uh, the amount of people I see there also are they're out of, out of shape, out of weight. Because you couldn't, if you needed to, defend yourself with your two bare fucking hands. You need the right. gun because it is. It makes you feel more powerful than you really are. Because you're a sad fucking piece of shit of person. And that's just the right. truth. It just is. Um, going back to Trump real quick. At this point, I got to the point where you can't expect more from Trump. Right, this is what we're gonna get. My thing is, when we start going more heavily at the people around him, like Melania is also right there in that image, and she should have fucking known better. Yeah, she should have known better. But she's right there, holding that baby for that photo up. Ivanka is the one that tweeted out how white supremacy has no place in this country, but it's like your father's a white supremacist. Yeah, start what are you talking home. about? Start at home. Start at home. Yeah, like, Vanity tired- Fair. Uh... Shout out to Charmaine. She tweeted out an article yesterday from Vanity Fair, uh, the, the unbearable whiteness of being Ivanka Trump, uh, that apparently has all kind of good bars in there. So I can't wait to read it. It's on my reading oh, list oh, this weekend. This great. Yeah, because it's like, she's freaking ridiculous. She's absolutely... And here's the thing I don't understand either, because people forget, before, the, the, before, they ran, before their parents ran against each other, apparently Ivanka and Chelsea were good friends. Like, I want to know what it takes for Ivanka... To, for Chelsea, not to, not to fade her on site. Yeah, I know. On site. On site. Like, I'm sorry. Like, your former friend has a has defended her father, who has dragged your mother's name to the mud like that. 
that's an on-site fade right fucking there. Mm-hmm. And here's the I'll thing: you're, you. you're both, you're both, you're both kids of fucking uh, secret sir, uh, of, of of former presidents. So you, I mean, so at that point, it's a wash. So you know, on-site, that's an on-site fade right there. How's how's Chelsea and them not faded them? How's her husband mm-hmm. not whoop Jared's ass? Cause that's a let me talk to you real quick. Let me holler at you real quick. Let me just let's talk. You're, yo, you defending him doing that shit? Nah, he's just saying you. Nah, nah. How do you, how do you really feel? How do you feel about it? Get her on fucking record. That brings me yeah. to another point, and I gotta say this right now. I gotta make sure because I don't want to get in any fucking trouble. So I'm saying this. I am not advocating for any violence against the president of the United States. That's not what this is. It's not what I'm doing here. Make sure I'm saying that. All right. So we're clear on that. But something I came up to me the other day, I, th- I thought about this. It was, just, you know, I was seeing all this crazy stuff that he's done. Isn't it interesting how when it was Obama in office, when people thought Hillary Clinton was going to work, remember how there was all this talk about how they used to get, they had to get security, uh, Secret Service access earlier because they were getting all these credible threats against our lives? Mm-hmm. And then all the times we'd hear about somebody being arrested for threatening Obama's life and was a credible threat against the president. That person was arrested and threatened and all this stuff. How many other stories have you heard about Trump? Because I think I think the approach from I mean, there are obviously obviously extreme people on on the left. But I think the approach is, I think we take we take our how do I want to say this? I think we take our cues from our leadership, and I think. And I'm talking. I'm talking very in general right now, right? Turkey's for our leadership. So what we've seen the people who are out front as leaderships in the Dem Party, whether it be Elizabeth Warren types, or you know some of these people who vote for ProPublica, or if you listen to Positive America, a lot of their rhetoric is go out and vote and change things, right? It's Obama saying, "Don't be mad, go vote." And I think on the right, what you've had since Obama is, and what and what Fox News peddles is, a fear of erasing of whiteness. And the only way to stop that is to arm yourselves. And the only way to stop, like when, when he laughs at the rally, it's about we can't. We have to do something about illegals. But the conversation about doing something isn't. It's never about people going out and voting. It's about doing something. And it's to leave it very wide open. You gotta, you gotta do something, or we're not doing enough. And it's never go to the polls. It's never organized. It's never flip the state. It's never that. It's it's always something aggressive, and their their approach has always been aggressive. That's been it. Like think about think about think about the reactions. There were violent reactions to Colin Kaepernick's peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. People reacted violently to that. I have, I have a story there, here. There, I wasn't going to read it, but there's a story about a man who's been charged with um, uh, attacking a young boy who uh, didn't stand during the anthem, yeah. and he said he basically yeah. said that I took my cues from the president. Yeah, there, there, there's a, there was a violent reaction to the way people talk about Black Lives Matter. They make them sound like a terrorist organization, and all people are asking for is police accountability. And people react violently to that. And that's been the rhetoric since, since forever, but I've seen a, you know, a, a, a raising it. That's, that's what these white supremacist groups are. They're not just like political groups who believe in some ideology that they want to go in and vote and change the nation. They're about a violent reaction to the changing demographics of this country and, and maintaining an idea of whiteness. And, it, and they don't want to maintain that through policy. They want to maintain that through fear and violence and intimidation. 
They want to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and that's where people are getting these cues from. So when they see Obama, that's their reaction because that's all they know. And 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 until the rhetoric stops, and, and it, Trump, all Trump's done is, is pouring kerosene on that flame. By because a lot of people, a lot of you know, I mean, obviously Trump is the only racist person in this country, and it's unfair to lay all of it at his, at his feet. But what he has done is made the, this discourse public for a lot of people who, and the framing of Fox News, who, and, and it's my real problem with, with the Fox News is, of stuff is like saying something, saying that we, saying you don't agree with immigration is one thing. That, that's a fair point. I don't agree with our immigration policies. There is nothing inherently racist or wrong about saying you don't agree with immigration policies. But when the next step they take, though, is these Muslims are looking to come and, and, and start jihad in this country. It's lies about secret jihad police forces. It's lies about Muslims looking to burn this country up, and that's what they want, and all they know is war. It's people bringing disease. It's rapists and, and drug dealers. Then that's the lie, but in, and people only know to combat that kind of lie with violence or a use of force. And that's where they're. That's why they're dangerous. And Trump, all he does is repeat what they say. And it's like, you know, the blind leading the blind. Well, he's. They say something that he repeats it as truth. He says something that's not true, and they frame it as truth. It's just an ugly cycle. Well, and this is also a man who's and, never had any kind of real interaction with real people. No. So his, oh, he's always been a. He's always been somebody with a silver spoon in his mouth and been privileged. So he doesn't see. Even even I mean, no president we've had has ever been like a. You know, down to like a man of the right, people. Man of the people, right? <laughs> still, at the same point, most of them still come through at some point. But this is a man who, from 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 get go, was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and never had to deal with that. So you're right, like everything, and that's why I just it just finds I find it so funny because like here's a man who's doing everything in his power to subvert and give more power to the federal government, but yet the violent acts we heard uh, uh, attempts against pre- uh, Obama's life and his family's life and things like that came against him, no such thing about the Trumps. You don't hear anybody no. saying, you don't hear any stories about these people, not even just liberals and stuff like that, but it's like just those anti-government people that you see that are on the right that don't trust any of the government, you don't hear none about none of them coming down. These are the people that are always like, I like what Trump is saying. And I just, and so it always comes back to the racism because the racism mm-hmm. is a point. The racism is a feature that they like. The racism is, the racism is what they always wanted and what they always what 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 turns them on and so that leads me to let's let's go right into this all right leads into this this is our our, our great moments in white privilege so great moments in white privilege kind of leads into all this stuff so we can do this and get ready out of here um trump's doj hits shocking report on growing terror threat from white supremacists Mm-hmm. Hidden report shows white supremacists were responsible for every race-based domestic terror attack in 2018. The Justice Department suppressed a report showing that the suspected white supremacists were responsible for all race-based domestic terrorism events since last year. The report by the New Jersey Office of Homeland Security Preparedness was distributed through DHS and to federal agencies like the FBI earlier this year before it was obtained by Yahoo News. The document includes data Congress has sought from the Trump administration, but the Justice Department had been unable or unwilling to provide. The report shows that 25 of 46 suspects in 32 domestic terrorism incidents 
were identified as white supremacists. The 25 suspected white supremacist suspects were responsible for all race-based incidents, while others were deemed anti-government extremists and single-issue extremists. This map uh, reflects 32 domestic terrorist attacks, disrupted plots, threats of violence, and weapons stockpiling by individuals with a radical political and social agenda who lacked the direction or influence from foreign terrorist organizations in 2018, the report said. The map and data in the document were circulated through the DOJ and their law enforcement agencies in April, which is around the time that the Senate Judiciary, Judiciary Committee requested the DOJ provide data showing number of white supremacists involved in domestic terrorism. Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey told Yahoo News that the committee still had not received the data. And trouble, troubled by the lack of transparency, given that we haven't received this critical information after several requests to the FBI or the DOJ, that Booker said. Now, remember, I want to say, because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's so funny how everybody uses Trump's name, but they kind of, they kind of start letting other people off the hook. I want to mm-hmm. say this is all under Jeff Sessions. When Jeff yeah. Sessions decided to put a more focus on, was it black identity extremists? Yeah, black and, identity extremists. Black yeah, identity, that identity the, extremists. That's the real threat. And, um, and foreign terrorists, like, like um, and, one didn't, and, and wanted to stop doing that. Because remember, after like in 2009, the DOJ came out and said that they saw, after the election of Barack Obama, they saw an increase in the number of white supremacist groups and chatter and things like that. And Republicans lost their shit. They said that you yeah. are calling our, our supporters and people who oppose Barack Obama racist. And it's like, because they are. And here's the thing. No one's calling these Trump supporters, all Trump supporters racist. When, when, but when they show footage for these racist rallies, they're wearing a lot of Trump stuff. And that's, that, that you can't deny. So there's a correlation there. You can make that correlation yourself, but it's hard to deny these rallies and the way people use intimidation and, and they use, you know, much like we saw with the manifesto, they use a lot of the same language that's been used by the president and, you know, the people who support him. Yeah. It's, 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 like I said, it's, it's funny to me to see that and also see, um, who, uh, who, who gets out and, and who, yeah, it's, but, but the idea that you could, first of all, that that report probably didn't shock you. Uh, you're probably like, yeah. Uh, the fact that this is this is new news to people is always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is. people are people are either shocked or like it's it's breaking news to them that this is something that's been happening. Yeah, it it's if you don't want to be called a racist, stop hanging out with racists. Pretty you know, much. If you if you want to if you want to be called a Christian, live those Christian values and don't support a a racist, but under the under the guise of right. like it, it. Listen, the 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 evangelical supporting Trump is is mind blowing to me. I yeah. thought I was like, oh, he's got to be too extreme for those guys, but it, apparently he's not. Mm-hmm. They lean into it, and it and it's it's like a single issue. It's abortion, like. But all right, cool. But what about them kids in cages? That, that those do those little young lives not count as kids that we should be taking care of, right? Well, so, or, or, or li- lives that should matter to us? No. So I, I wasn't I wasn't even gonna I wasn't even gonna bring this up. But let's go ahead and and do, and do this story too that I saw. You know, because it shows you how deep this shit goes. So, um, uh, Ocasio Cortez slams image of young men in Team Mitch shirts groping and choking cutout. 
A photo of young yeah, men wearing that. Team Mitch shirts appearing to touch and choke a cardboard cutout of Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has prompted the freshman congresswoman to fire off a response to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Um, in the image, which made rounds on the internet on Monday, one of the men in the photo has his arm around the cutout and appears to be kissing it. Another looks to be putting his hand around the congresswoman's neck, as if to choke her. The photo was posted on Instagram. The caption, break me off a piece of that. The post has since been deleted. Hmm. On Twitter, hmm. uh, Ocasio Cortez re- uh, retweeted the photo to McConnell, who is up for re-election next year. Hey, Senate Majority Leader, these young men look like they work for you. The congresswoman tweeted, just to clarify, are you paying for these young men to practice groping and choking members of Congress with your payroll? This is just standard culture with Team Mitch. The McConnell uh, campaign said in the statement, and in no way condones the image, but it condemns the far left and the, the far left in the media for writing about the incident. These young men were not a camp, were not campaign staff. They're high schoolers, and it's incredible that the national media has sought to once again paint a target on their backs rather than report real and significant news in our country. Kevin Golden, McConnell's uh, campaign manager, and said in the statement. So instead of condemning these young boys, these young men. And, say, and, one, and wondering what gave them the idea that this was okay wearing shirts to promote your candidate, instead of joining forces with AOC and saying, no, we condemn this, you turn the attention to going that, no, it was wrong, but like the far left shouldn't even be talking about it. And they make it even a far left issue. It's not even a far left issue. Yeah. And it's it, it, and that's been the new talking point, right? Is the media is framing these things to not to not be what they were, right? It's it's telling people not to believe their eyes. And it, it reminds me, you know, I can't stand Jason Woodlock, and he mm-hmm. gave he gave this. I saw on you know someone retweeted on Twitter this monologue about Kenny because Kenny Stills brought up a good point about his the owner of the, the the Miami Dolphins saying, "Hey, how can you support this initiative and also support the president?" Which is a fair question. If the, if the if the mission statement is is about diversity and inclusion and, and community, and yet you're supporting a president who is going out of his way to divide the country in a way, um, that's a fair question to ask. And so, in Whitlock's Whitlock, part of it was like Kenny Stills challenged him; he's right to do so. And despite the media painting Trump as the worst president, and and somehow it's the, the media is framing him as being racist and. And being divisive, and it's not really a thing. It's sort of a media, like everything we've seen about Trump is all media created, and it's not that bad. And and that and that's the reason why people feel this way about him. It's not his own words. It's not his tweets. It's not his his rallies. It's not all the sound clip bites we have of him. It's not that stupid photo op. It's all of stuff. It, it's the media. We're all framing, and all people are doing is reporting the truth. They're reporting what they're seeing. And saying this is messed up, and that's what Mitch McConnell is doing. I mean, uh, it's like, oh, this is uh, this isn't this is you know, this is the media's framing of these young men. Instead of being like, no, these dudes, yeah, this is inappropriate. It's not acceptable. And, and one thing I hate when in discussions about Ilhan and 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 AOC is like they 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 act like they're not members of Congress. Like these are members of Congress that people are threatening and doing stuff to. Yeah. Like at some point, that should matter. But it doesn't. To the, it doesn't to Mitch McConnell and them. It doesn't to them. Yeah, it should matter to members of Congress. Yeah, should, should. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter to them. Nope. They're just they're just these angry people of color in their way. Mm-hmm. Um. You know we're going to end here. 
we're going to end here, but we're going to end not on this bad news. We're going to end on some good news. I was, I didn't know uh, we were going to be able to announce it today because uh, I didn't know how long the show was going, but we did get it there. And Deepon and I'll talk about it more. But um, I want to thank everybody who voted for us uh, to get us nominated for the podcast awards because the Character Corner has no. made the final slate for the entertainment category for uh, the podcast awards. Like, yeah, they said they were going to announce it at four. I was like, hey, it's after four. Let me check to see. And um, we did. So. Congrats. Thank you congrats. guys, everybody, for that. I, I want to say that I, I don't think um, it's the, the voting for the final slate is open to the public, so now we're in the hands of uh, the, the voters there. So, um, But I want to thank everyone for at least getting us into this, the, the, the top 10 in the entertainment category uh, for that. So, um, yeah, Character Corner made it. Uh, all thanks to you all for voting for us. And um, we're really excited for this. We'll see what happens with it. So. Um, Let's go. Yeah. So, um, yo, Tim, man, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Like, I hit you up. I was like, yo, we haven't talked in a while, man. You free this weekend? Let's, <laughs> let's chat, man. It's always, it's always good to hear from you. Um, I got to get you on until we can talk about movies at some time. Just more movies. We, I mean, we did 40 minutes today about movies and TV stuff. So, we got to get you back on to, to do some more of that, too, man, because uh, I love talking to you about that. What do you got coming up um, next, next few weeks? Uh, always a pleasure to be on, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, next couple of weeks, just a couple screenings. Uh, which, so we're trying to screen our It Chapter 2 at like Pacific Science Center, which is like mm. the humongous, the biggest screen in the city. So I'm hoping we get to do that. <clears throat> An interview for um, The Art of Racing in the Rain, a movie that came out this week with the author of the book, because he was in town. He's from Seattle. He's a Seattle native. And I'm trying to do an interview with Brian Tyree Henry, so I'll let you know if oh, that, if that happens. Oh, sweet. Nice, man. Good, yeah, man. that's, that's in, the, in the works. I'm keeping my fingers crossed with that. But yeah. Cool, man. So, um, wow. Uh, so what we got, well, obviously, we're going to be trying to keep our eye on the um, uh, they, selected voter listener for the podcast award. So maybe if you guys also uh, voted, you might be selected to vote. Um, and in, in that in, in in the upcoming thing, the uh, ceremony and the actual announcement isn't until September twenty ninth. So we'll see what happens there. But we really kind of now that our names are up there, we're we're actually kind of excited. And maybe next year we'll put more of the podcasts out there. Uh, what we got coming up? Um, so there's plenty of stuff. Tomorrow's a character corner. Uh, we've also recorded already a pull list episode that's like ninety minutes long. There's also a Star Trek Star Trek. Uh, I talked to the Star Trek crew. Uh, so we got that coming out, um, and then there's a bunch of movies we got coming up as well to review. We got uh, there's some stuff that we've gotten in, in links. We got uh, what else was there? There was um, Good like, Boys is Good, coming out. Yeah, Good Boys is next week. Then after that, we got Ready or Not. Um, we also yeah. uh, for premium members, we have some premium uh, uh, shows we're going to be reviewing coming up on premium. Uh, we we have a premium uh, early review of uh, Carnival Row. Because we got screeners for that, so I'm gonna start watching that show. Um, yeah, folks. Have you watched Wolf Assassins yet? Have you started watching? I have that not yet? watched that yet, so I might have to watch. Yeah, I need that to start watching that. So, um, yeah, folks, that's what we got. Uh, we'll hopefully be back next week with another entertaining check. And again, thank you guys very much for everybody who voted for us uh, in this first round of voting for um, the podcast awards. So let's hope we uh, let's hope we can we can we can bring out the win. In the entertainment category. So again, everyone, thank you guys very much. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>